Have you ever heard the relationship advice that you should send your partner to go and deal with it when there's a conflict or a hard conversation that needs to be had with your in-laws? And you should kind of just sit back and let your partner be the one to go and take care of it? Well, I think that's actually really terrible advice. And today I'm sharing three reasons of why we should stop that myth from continuing and how it actually causes more problems for us and some things that we can do instead. You're listening to Is It Me or Is It Them? And this is a podcast for those of us who want to take responsibility for our half of our relationships, but are tired of trying to clean up the mess on other people's side of the yard. This is for those of us who want to be able to set boundaries without feeling like we're bulldozing anyone and who want harmony and closeness, but are tired of sacrificing ourselves to get it. I'm April Boyd, and I'm a private practice therapist, and I'm someone who has heard a lot about the tensions and problems that can happen between couples and the various in-laws or family members, and how very difficult this can be to really navigate. Because let's face it, there's a lot at stake here, and it really weighs on us. So I'm sharing three reasons of why I think that this old myth of just kind of sitting back and letting your partner be the one to go out and address the issues on behalf of the couple is actually really not helpful and can create more problems. One woman I was talking to described it like this. Hey, it's his family. It's his problem, she said, kind of laughing. And well, on one hand, I certainly get that feeling for sure. And it seems to be a really common approach that a lot of families use when they're dealing with in-law tensions. But I think we should call it what it really is wishful thinking. It is wishful thinking to believe that we can send our partners off as the ambassador of our relationship or of our own family unit and that they are somehow going to be the ambassador of our needs and our boundaries. And when we do this, we tell ourselves that we're doing this to be polite, to be respectful, and to keep the peace But I've come to believe that's actually a bit of a myth as well, because the truth that I often see, the real motivation that I often see of why people send their partners to go and have the hard conversations without them is because they're actually quite uncomfortable, intimidated, and they don't really want to be a part of a conflict. And let's face it, that's totally understandable. In-law relationships especially can be complicated, and trying to address the issues between you can definitely feel really risky. So I'm incredibly compassionate to that and why it's so appealing to want to basically just send our partner on our behalf to deal with situations when they come up. But the truth is, it's just not effective. It can be really counterproductive in certain situations. And here's why. Here's the three reasons of why sending your spouse to deal with your in-laws can actually cause more conflict at times. So reason number one, you do not have a single one-time issue with your in-laws. What you actually have is a long-term relationship. (laughs) Now, if this was just a one-time situation, 
maybe that would work to send somebody off to go and have the conversation on your behalf. But let's say that there's an issue with the hotel that you're staying at and only one of you is really needed to go and resolve the issue at the front desk. In this kind of situation, makes total sense that just one of you goes to deal with it. But you do not have a single one-time issue with your in-laws. You have a lifelong relationship And that requires a very different approach. The fact is, it takes a long time to build these relationships. And they move and shift. The landscape under our feet in our in-law relationship is actually constantly changing. It changes when you kind of first get introduced to then start dating and becoming more serious with your partner. It changes if you become married. It changes when you move in together. It changes, you know, when you have children or have different life events that happen in your life that change some of the structures and expectations and desires around how these relationships all interconnect together. Because ultimately, This is what we're usually fighting over, how their expectations and their pieces of the puzzle line up and interconnect with our needs and our expectations and our pieces of the puzzle. So we need to develop a little bit more of approach around the idea of this being a long-term relationship that means getting to know each other, working it out collaboratively. The second reason is that it's incredibly disempowering. So here's how I've heard that it usually plays out when I'm talking to some of the couples in my practice. So let's say that there's been a situation that comes up that really needs to be addressed. Maybe there was something said that's not okay, or there's been kind of a recurring problem that needs to be addressed. And you and your partner have the chat and he says, okay, Or she says, okay, I'm going to go, I'll talk to them, I'll figure it out. And then you sit and wait, right? Kind of uncomfortably waiting to hear how this plays out. Trusting that your partner is going to take care of it. They go, have the necessary chat. And chances are, they're not super comfortable having that conversation either, potentially. So they go and then come back and says to you, you know, I talked to them about it. Everything's fine. They said that that's not what they meant to do. That's not how they meant it. So, you know, to them, the situation is over. But for you, that might not be over at all. That might have just felt like, what if they had just opted out, kind of made up an excuse, sidestep the whole issue and now to everybody else the situation is wrapped over and addressed and it's done but it's not done for you there's maybe parts of that that were not adequately addressed part of that apology or you know excuse that didn't quite feel like it covered the parts of this that actually have really upset you and there's still kind of hanging concerns but now way harder for you to go and address it the second time around, right? Because to everybody else, the issue is fine. It's resolved. So now you have an even more uphill battle and potentially risk even more that now you're the problem that's just kind of digging up tension and conflict, which would not have necessarily been the case if you had been a part of that from the beginning. So 
The third reason is that they know. Chances are, and when you think about it this way, your partner's parents have had a lifelong relationship with them. They know their usual way of handling things, the things that usually bother them. They know the realm of expected behavior. So when your partner starts to do something very different, you're the one that gets blamed for that. They know that that change has come about because of conversation between you and your partner. They know that you have been very involved in the conversations leading up to your partner going to have that conversation with them. They know that you're the driving force. Even when that may or not be actually completely realistic or fair, there's a risk that you're the one that kind of gets blamed for it anyways. And now it's even more awkward the next time you see them because You've sent this message to them that your door is closed and you're not actually available or able to have direct dialogue and repair. You've been the one that's kind of cut the lines of communication that might have been able to be created between the two of you to move through this a little bit more adult to adult. And instead, we've kind of opted out of that and sent our partner to be the one to take care of us. See how that creates a little bit of a wonky dynamic? So the other kind of thing is when we look at this idea that they kind of know that you've been a part of that, it becomes easy for them to dismiss whatever it is, that boundary that your partner's tried to set with them and kind of just blame it as like, ah, he's only doing this because she asked him to, right? Or because he asked him to. They're only doing that, you know, because their partners kind of made them and put them up with that. And again, this becomes a very different dynamic than if you were a part of the conversation beside your partner. And so often what I find here in these kind of circumstances is that there's a little bit more work that needs to be done between you and your partner to look at how you can become a team and what it is that each of you need to be able to move through some of those conflicts and tensions together in a way where each of you has a voice, each of you is mindful of the other person's needs and concerns, And that becomes a very different dynamic when everyone is present at the table rather than when we can just sidestep things or minimize things or avoid parts of the hard conversation or scapegoat the people who aren't here. See how that creates all kinds of wonky dynamics that then just over time create much more misunderstanding, much more potential for frustration and resentment and much more opportunity for people to create a story about you that quite possibly is not true at all. So I hope that you found this helpful today. If you did, I would love to hear what stood out for you and I would love for you to share this episode, take a screenshot of it, share it on Instagram. That helps me to get this work out into the ears of people who need to hear these messages. And I thank you so much for listening and for spending this time with me. I'll see you next time. Take care.